Yeah, boy. Welcome to Arlnauts episode 27. That's three weeks in a row. What the hell? <laughs> we got Craven back in the in the house. Oh. A guest hello. on his own show. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. It's, it's finally awesome. happening. It's amazing. Yeah. I had a... Good had to a, be back. In a previous episode, I kind of explained our plan to kind of divide and conquer on keeping consistency going. So it's... Uh, but I also was like... Don't leave though, because he's coming back. We're gonna get some some old classic Arlnauts <laughs> shenanigans in here, and uh, so it's good. We we got we got it in going with our our ongoing theme of kind of look just having some fun with an old movie, talking about what it was about at the time, how it's aged, maybe if 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 and how we would do it today, those kind of things, and uh, yeah, yeah. You chose a good one for today. Well, I, I had a lot of fun with it. It's goofy as shit. Uh, I guess before we do that, we kind of ruminate. We can do like a little post postmortem scrum or whatever you want to call it. On uh, <laughs> we just launched um, the Ice Ice Matrix video on our channel to uh, great reception, but confusing YouTube. Uh, uh, what do you call it? like delivery? Yeah. I guess it's uh... it's uh, it's always confusing, right? We're yeah. never sure if uh, if we're in some algorithm that just beats on us. Yeah, <laughs> on YouTube. It's very unclear. Uh, you know, we have a certain number of subscribers, but it doesn't it doesn't seem to mean anything. Yeah, because literally, uh, I did I did the calculation, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the number of uh, the the traffic that we've gotten on the video is literally four percent from our subscribers. That's insane. And all other traffic is 95% from outside sources. And right. that's very strange. So YouTube because, itself has done nothing to... Uh, well, to it's per- like, I, the only logical explanation would be that we made a popular video that none of our fans like. Right, yeah. <laughs> or, care, or care about watching. Or Yeah, with. or just looked so, at it and said, no, thank you. Like 96% of our fans saw it and said, no, thanks. That's uh, Yeah, said, we're not going to click that. That's yeah. not what what we're doing today. Exactly. So either, either way, whatever it is, uh, <laughs> it's very strange. I think, I think, uh, interestingly though, um, we're getting a lot of very interesting responses from people regarding that, the, the technology that we're using. Yeah. Uh, some of the, the new tricks and tools and techniques. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff going on there to explore and we're just testing the waters right now. Yeah. You know, we're just looking to, be part of this conversation that's happening right now and see what happens when we bring our style of entertainment to that and in a really uh, transparent way. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm digging it too. I was just blown away by all the, uh, the training method for the, for the voice acting. It's just, you know, there's obviously still what people, some people don't seem to be picking up is how much work is still involved in placing it and, you know, making sure it sounds right and basically directing it. You still have to be a director essentially. I mean, I, I definitely responded to somebody who, uh, I don't know if you saw that comment. Um, uh, somebody was saying, oh, you're going down the AI road. Yeah. And um, my response was basically like, you know, we're not feeding the Matrix DVD into a machine and then we press like a big red button and then it farts out. Yeah. Ice Ice Matrix. <laughs> like we don't, we're not like, we're not like, okay, uh, let me type this up. Like do like a video of Vanilla Ice with all the characters and this type of low-fi track and enter. (laughs) (laughs) And then like suddenly it just uploads to our channel and releases it and it's a done deal. Like, it's not like that. Like every step of the way we've been using the same tricks that we've always used. Yeah. Um, You know, putting a music video together is not easy. There's still a huge amount of editorial. There's, you know, trying to figure out what the performances are that we're trying to eke out of this new voice synthesis tech it's which is creepy as hell and yeah. weird and we're still trying to understand what the hell that means along with everybody else yeah <laughs> we know, had, but when, we had that sign like that uh a taste of that early in our in our days when we were creating dialogue for like laser moon which was not an ai it was just a uh, a text-to-speech program where you had to just enter what you wanted it to say and then it would say it but then it would never it wouldn't always say or rarely ever said it in the way you wanted it to it, there's like certain inflections or or beats or you know pauses things like that so you had to be creative in how you entered that text sometimes you'd have yep. to spell things differently so it pronounced it the way you wanted it and it was uh so that was like a, a small taste of how much more 
involved that that process would be with AI trainers. So it's a uh, sure, yeah. But I yeah, I think the video is fucking awesome. I was cracking up the first time I saw it. And, uh, it was just I like there was a one tweet someone just wrote in quotes vanilla and then they did like an ASCII little stick figure kind of shrugging its shoulders the way the architect did I, was, I knew exactly what they were saying because that's my favorite part too. yeah just right every time yeah they... find it find, finding those moments yeah. the architect just and he because he's so vanilla too yeah like he's, vanilla. Could he be he's more all vanilla? he's the vanilla man like that's his whole <laughs> his aesthetic <laughs> he's the full vanilla man and the way he says it it's like he's presenting you the ultimate like example of the uh, the definition of vanilla you know yeah right which by the way just just for the record uh, a good portion of the video is just matching regular lip flap from the film and not using you know this new lip flapping tech that we're playing around with too Uh, and the the architect is, is like that yeah there was a weird comment that was like, man, there's sort of a magic lost. And part of the art is you finding the right clips with the right match. And I was like, we cheat on that all the time too. We reverse footage so that it like does what we want it to, or is more closely resembles what we want it to. There's never like a true one-to-one like, yeah, right. These, we find the right words and match these slip flap. And that's where the whole thing is born. It was a, it was a weird sort of like, yeah, a, a basic, rudimentary understanding of uh, of how the whole thing goes down and it was well this is also entirely different i mean this is yeah. like you know i think the least fun thing that could possibly exist is someone impersonating wilford brimley and then using a clip of wilford brimley and then just trying to generally match what that person is say, like what trying to like generally match his lip yeah. flap <laughs> yeah to, and and the, but using specifically the lyrics from a, a track like Ice Ice Baby, yeah. <laughs> not like new lyrics. Right. Like like when you when you when you when you tr- when you unpack what we're trying to do with this video, you know, I think it makes sense the choices that we're that we're making. Like uh, a couple of people suggested that we use voice actors, but you know, yeah. we're not going to find somebody that sounds like Lawrence Fishburne right. and try to make him sound like Morpheus doing Vanilla Ice. Like, yeah. Why would we even do that? Like we, I think, I think if anything, we would maybe just overdub the Matrix as something else, not not exactly. try to make Vanilla a Vanilla Ice cover word for word. Yeah, you know, in you know, in rhythm, because like you can't you can't take that principle and then just find footage that's going to match the the lip flap. You, that that's not going to work. Yeah, that's not this. That's not the same thing. You're locked into too many parameters with something like that. So this was our way of testing this area. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I think it's interesting. I'm seeing a lot of interesting questions about it. People saying that something like this might not have even been possible like half a year ago. You yeah. know, that's, I think, kind of true. We were all like yeah, blown absolutely. away yeah. by Mark Hamill, right? In uh, yeah, the Book the of Boba fake. Fett. Everybody was like, oh my God, it's not just his face. It's his younger voice is completely synthesized. Yeah. And that was, that was headline news that was blowing people's minds and now it's like we can all play with this tech and it's like okay this is truly horrifying you know so i think what we're trying to do is not we're not trying to fake anybody out you know we're not trying to claim that we got the cast of like you said the cast of the matrix together (laughs) Um, you know making that joke about how stupid that is like we you know we're trying to be as transparent as possible you know entertain but still be part of this weird thing that's happening and and see what what happens from here, you know, cause no, I don't think anybody really knows. Yeah. Cause it's the, it's just our instincts just based on the way everything is going is that it will only be used for evil. Like that's the only possible yeah. <laughs> way this is going to go. Right. It's going to like, yeah, gonna it like, has to be, we're going right? to like blackmail people or like set them up and like to make them say things that they would never say, like to ruin careers. Like that just seems like we're yeah, like, well, if I had to roll obvious. the dice on it on my, you know, or like play the bingo card, I'm like, you know, I'm going to get the card with, pure evil on my <laughs> if I really want to win at bingo you know, I'm, I'm shedding uh, hope out, out the window for that for that that W you know for sure and for anybody who's curious you know we are just exploring this new technology we're not we're not like oh we're never going to work with voice actors again that would be yeah. insanity like of course we, we love working with voice actors we work with a lot of great people we have a lot of great relationships with those people and we're not just, you know, going to abandon that for some weird new approach that's only, yeah. you know, 
exists in the digital world, that would be kind of strange. There are you know, some I'm just trying to yeah, and there are some voices sometimes that we just can't find anybody for, and in instances like that, it'd be nice to have a, some kind of a backup, you know, where there'll be characters totally. in our in our stuff that just blatantly sound like someone else, and it's like, yeah, we just never really found anybody that could do that voice at the time, so we just pivoted and made him <laughs> reimagine what that kind of what kind of person they are. Um, totally. Speaking of entertaining experiences, though. Uh, you want to start talking about today's movie? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we watched the original The Cannonball Run starring Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. This is... Uh, yeah, and, and an amazing cast of characters. Oh, it was a... Yeah, pretty, pretty wild. Huge ensemble cast. This is probably... I don't think they throw the term like madcap comedy around it, it, these days, <laughs> but this definitely feels like peak madcap if that was uh, <laughs> the way you had to describe yeah. this. Absolutely. And we watched it separately, by the way. So this will be our first time connecting to compare our experiences on it, which is great. Well, this is a 1981 film directed by Hal Needham, who was a stuntman by trade. So he's like big into like, he did Smokey and the Bandit. Like a lot of his stuff features like a lot of car action. And uh, this one was a comedy. It's just... Pretty simple, pretty straightforward concept. A bunch of people that of dubious character are engaged in a race across America and by any means necessary on anything that has wheels. Essentially, I think the the only rules it has to be some kind of a road vehicle. Other than that, it's anything goes. <laughs> it's just uh, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I guess you start with JJ McClure, the uh, owner and operator of a of a all terrain messenger service is Burt Reynolds character. Yeah. And, and his, and his relationship with Dom DeLuise has some real <laughs> magic, right? Their, yeah. their chemistry on screen, their comic, you could tell, I know that they, they had bloopers. I don't want to jump yeah. to the very end of the film, but they oh, had bloopers yeah, at the end that just featured them like literally slapping each other and just <laughs> like, have, it was, it was really weird there, there, yeah. but you could see how much they were loving working with one another. And it yeah. just, uh, just a couple of those scenes at the end, uh, you could feel it in the film that there was a sort of weird electric comedic vibe and sort of recklessness to the whole thing that comes through in their characters in a really great way. I like, really enjoyed watching them on screen together. And Dom DeLuise just kills me. Like his, That guy is, is such a comic genius and... I kind of wonder if they modeled like Roger Rabbit after him. A little bit. Like he's, he's got that kind of like, uh, sort of uh, what is it the or the hero that's disguised as a coward kind of thing like that. Uh, yeah, right. His character is actually pretty weird. Uh, Victor. He seems like he suffers from a lot of PTSD. <laughs> he has like a an, an alternate personality induced PTSD or something like that, or, or a PTSD induced yeah. alternate personality, uh, Captain Chaos. Which yeah is introduced pretty early because he's like th- th- there's always the mention of the like the eponymous him you know and, and Burt Reynolds doesn't ever want to talk about him he's just he's not a very supportive yeah, he friend has, <laughs> and then, he has a problem with this alter ego like yeah. he doesn't he he's really bent out of shape about yeah. that alter ego like he doesn't want to see it he doesn't want to hear about yeah. it it's like he's trying to he's trying to bury that for for Victor's character yeah. and it's. It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird dynamic. I mean, yeah. I think what they're doing is they're holding on to the character for the first time you you see it in action. You're like, yeah. oh, that's what it, that's the the thing that they've been trying to hide in a way. Yeah. But but it's also just a strange premise. <laughs> it is. It also just right away makes Burt Reynolds look like a really crappy friend. He's just like, don't yeah. dump your <laughs> psychological burdens on me, dude. I don't have time for this shit. Can't you see I have some yeah. letters to deliver? Like, <laughs> which they do. And that's part of the setup of the show. It just kind of introduces them as these like anything. It's by any means necessary, guys. They're 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 a messenger service, right? So they're like. Yeah, and it keeps cutting back to them, like trying to figure out how what they're gonna race, like what their angle is gonna be in the Cannonball Run, while they're shown, you know, being adept at all these other vehicles. They fly a plane and land in the middle of town for a beer run, like with no <laughs> care in the world about how it affects the neighborhood and like. <laughs> yeah, there's like a brilliant shot dudes. of. There's a brilliant shot of Dom DeLuise in that sequence where he walks into the convenience store to get the six pack. And he, it, it's just like a six pack, right? Yeah. That's all they're stopping for. They, they land 
uh, in like a Cessna, right? They like yeah. land in the middle of the street. <laughs> People are screaming, right? And, and then he walks into the convenience store and all the the wind that's kicking up from the engine of the plane just completely destroys the store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> through and, and through. And he yeah. just... Yeah, and he doesn't even he doesn't even bat an eyelash. Like he doesn't miss a beat. He, yeah. He's not even affected by it. Pace the part beer. Of his, yeah, yeah. Like he's just completely oblivious to the kind of damage that they're causing. Like it's it's a great setup for for what you can sort of expect right through the rest of yeah. the film. Is that they you never get a sense that anybody's in actual danger, but you get a sense of how just ridiculous these characters are how irresponsible and like of course anybody who's willing to just like speed across the country at 130 miles an hour for a race yeah just like that and that's the kind of a part of the whole premise is they're just you 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 know right out of the gate that um they're all like every character in the film is going to be chased by the police so there's like a police dynamic yeah. set up right out of the gate I, i'd love to talk about quickly the, the 20th century logo at the beginning, yeah, they, they they establish this right out of the gate by having they they do a new version of the 20th century logo where there's a car speeding around like a a, a sports car and then it's being chased by the police and the police car just like crashes and this is all <laughs> happening like on the 20th century logo yeah and then the the car peeks out from the zero in the 20 and it does like the Burt Reynolds laugh like the ha 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 you know like that that whole business yeah. and. And it's like that, you know, 20th century logo has a history of changing, uh, changing styles depending on the film to add a little bit of like a, a little bit of a stylistic change. Yeah. Usually it's like a color temperature thing, or maybe they'll add snow or something. It's not that weird, but this is, I think this is one of the first ones where they went kind of nuts with having like an animation happening on top of the logo that it's yeah. using it in that way. And I thought that was kind of funny, but that kind of sets that zany tone that you were talking about, like right out of the gate. There was it's like, what the this whole concept is very dated too. Like there, there was a big draw for like races across vast distances as a concept. They had like the wacky races, which was a whole cartoon series, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which was just cannonball run, but like with uh Hanna Barbera characters. It was like an all star ensemble thing. We had Death Race two thousand, Cannonball Run had a great sequel. It was just like a thing we did in the late seventies and early eighties, I guess. And it was anything, anytime there was anything like that, I, I was in, like I, I consumed all that shit. Just yeah. High stakes yeah, races across the country, uh, evading your opponents and the cops. And like, I don't, I just, they don't really, I guess we have fast car action today, but it's more like sexy, you know, like fast and sure. the furious, you know, like way more serious, like fast and the serious. <laughs> there's like there's some humor to it but it's never like self-aware or like it, like it takes itself a little too seriously for my taste you know like it yeah, do, it yeah, doesn't definitely. and it's the execution of its stunts but the characters do and they, it's just sort of a weird fit for me you know whereas cannonball run has it doesn't take its stunts seriously it doesn't take its characters seriously like everyone's a, a, like just as prone to the same uh foils and and bits you know and these characters are yeah. crazy like if you were younger, yeah let's talk about all the characters yeah, like you got like because the range of characters is very it's it's like slightly uh, i mean it covers a pretty good area there's some good like stereotypes that they're just like jamming oh, yeah. with yeah. um which is funny I, I found like um the fact that jackie chan's character was named jackie chan was an especially weird decision it was, so i was confused right away because i was like i knew there was going to be some like, if I had to guess, again, if I had my bingo card out, if I wanted to win money, I'm probably going to go with the the worst case scenario uh, with some sort of mean Asian stereotype. But it seemed to be that he was Jackie Chan, but not <laughs> Jackie Chan. His character was just named Jackie Chan, but he wasn't the famous, like, movie star. He, he was, Right, he, right. But, but he was also... He, he was like an inventor. Yeah, and he was also clearly Chinese, but this whole thing was, like sponsored by Japan and it wasn't clear if these Japanese inventors who were responsible for the the Subaru were just hired him because he was a racer or because we're as the audience aren't supposed to know that he's Chinese and speaking like <laughs> Chinese like like Mandarin or, yeah. or, or Cantonese I can't remember which which one is his uh, I think it's Cantonese but he wasn't speaking Japanese that's all I know 
But um, yeah, yeah, they had this like so that was scary like Japanese technology based car that could like fly <laughs> and go underwater and had night vision and camouflage and it was rad. It was awesome, but it was just probably based in sort of sort of like automobile automobile industry fear, you know. <laughs> oh, no no question. This, this, this capitalistic paranoia that uh but it was yeah, his character was great. Um you of course you got like the rat pack started showing up. Um, yeah, they're they're they, they're going. But D- Dean, Dean Martin, Martin and Sammy. Sammy Davis yeah. Jr., you know, that, which is hilarious. Their angle was like cuz so every team is like every team that's like featured there's a few teams that are like are part of it but not really like developed in any way they're just who they are like the tow truck guys you know they're just they're just crazy that's it um but you got like the dean martin dean and sammy are like we got to be you're a race you're no pro race car driver so we have that edge like you're you're the best driver um but we're also going to be priests (laughs) that'll somehow like get us out of trouble so which was like another everybody has a little bit of an angle yeah And he was just like, but totally. some of, some of the angles aren't necessarily to win the race, right? Uh, like, well, some angles are meant to win the race to give you an advantage, like, uh, you know, JJ McClure and Victor driving an ambulance, you yeah. know. But then other characters are just weirdos, yeah, <laughs> and they're just doing their own thing. But there's no necessarily necessarily advantage, necessarily an advantage to what they're doing. Yeah, they're, they're just, just being who they the are. Ride. Yeah, you had like Terry Bradshaw's character and his like. Driving partner was like, I, this was a f- big thing in the 80s too, which is like just speech impediments were funny and that was it. You know, you got like a kind of porky pig thing yeah, going on right. with this one guy and it was just, I had no patience for it, man. Every time that guy came on the screen, I was like, oh, here. I, I feel if, listen, if that actor actually has a speech impediment, like, then I'm all for it. I was supportive. But I, that, I, my gut is telling me that that's just a character he was doing because it seems so yeah. forced and, uh, I probably should have done my research a little bit before I shit all over this guy, but it's the eighties, you know, we, they did, they made fun of like, uh, I mean, there handicaps were all the time things you know? going on. Yeah. You know, plenty, plenty of those, but well, well, yeah. maybe we can get to some of those moments well, you got, in a bit. <laughs> you got Jamie Farr as the, as the chic, like he's, uh, yeah, pretty known for, what is this? Like mash his biggest, uh, thing where he was like pretending to be transgender to try to get out to try to get sectioned eight. In the, in oh the man, Mash. I am not familiar with Mash in any way. Mash was always except like, for, except for Alan Alda, who's yeah. great. Mash was one of those shows I never watched, but I knew that if it came on, it was either too late or too early. Like it was one of the. It wasn't <laughs> meant for like I, I shouldn't have been watching TV at that time. So yeah, right. But yeah, he plays the Sheik. Uh, I don't believe oh, so he's fl- of Middle Eastern descent, but <laughs> in this movie, he is. <laughs> The flip side of Jackie Chan's, Chan's character, Ooh. of course, is Roger Moore. Oh, my God. Who's playing a character who is not Roger Moore, who thinks that he's Roger Moore. But also James Bond as well. Right. He's like, I'm Roger Moore, who is plays just so I am James Bond as well. He had like a spy car and was like liked his martinis and his women and had a gun. His name was Seymour. Do you think that was some dumb pun? Like Roger Moore, Seymour, like, I mean, yes. <laughs> if you had to guess, that's pretty madcap. I would say, yeah, that'd be a very madcap I mean, decision to make. What was his name? Seymour Gold, uh, Farb or something? Gold Farb, yeah. <laughs> is that like a? It's like a James Bond there, joke. There, is there a riddle in there somewhere? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Has this been unlocked yet? Has it even been like so, like acknowledged? <laughs> See, yeah, Seymour, I, I'm Roger Moore. <laughs> There's this like bit where his mom is like, when they introduce him, she's just sick of it. She's like, you, you know, you got to stop this. And he pulls a gun on her, but then it has like a bang flag in it. And so it's like, yeah. okay, does he believe he's Roger Moore then? Because he has a, he, he didn't have a real gun. He had a bang flag in it. So he's like joking yeah, they around. Leave it, they leave it really vague. What yeah. is going on with that? You know, like, I think, I think they're. That's one of the things that I did love, not to go off on a, on a slight left field thing here, but yeah. that is something I enjoyed about the film is that they didn't have any problem establishing a couple of these basic gags and then just letting them go completely and yeah. never never trying to explain or justify any of them. Like like one of the great gags about uh, Roger Moore, you know, during his journey is, 
every time they cut back to him during the race, he's with a different woman. A different woman, right? yeah. And they never explain it. It's yeah. just part of the gag. Like, and it, it starts becoming really funny because you, you always just wonder what's going to happen the next time you see him. And of, co- of course, he's always with a different person. And they even do it like at the very end. Yeah. It's just a different person suddenly. <laughs> like, wasn't, like yeah, the, without, wasn't there well, like before in that sequence, usually there's a pa- Yeah, there's usually a passage of time when we cut back to him. And in this case, there wasn't one. It was just a different woman <laughs> within the same time frame. <laughs> yeah, I think that... I think think they did that but, yeah um it's that 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 really that really cracked me up and yeah. and things like you know his weird obsession and being Roger <laughs> Moore it didn't they didn't need to go any further than that it would know? have been just as funny if it just was Roger Moore and he's like I'm Roger Moore and I want to do this race like if he was because it's a weird if it have, was just him yeah because you have other <laughs> arguably bigger celebrities that, like Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. I feel like would be more recognized worldwide at the time than Roger Moore would be. It's it's a tough call. I mean, I was a fucking ba- literal baby mm. when this came out, but like um, the Rat Pack were huge, you know, and like of course Roger, yeah. but Roger Moore had been Bond for almost ten years at that point as well. So I would be, but it's but to have Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. playing different characters, but then have Roger Moore essentially play himself was a, a weird choice. And it was, uh, yeah. Jackie Chan played Jackie Chan too, I guess. Yeah, so. exactly. But that's, that's par for the course for Jackie though. The, the amount of movies where he's credited as Jackie, as this character's name is just, uh, I pr- I'm pretty yeah, sure right. it outweighs characters that aren't named Jackie, you know? So that's, <laughs> um, what about, uh, Jack Ellum? Can we give a oh shout my out God. to Dr. To Van him? Helsing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> That guy is always such a treat, like to see, yeah. you know. But he was super zany in yeah. this. I mean, he's like pushing it to 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 eleven. And he know? he actually like, got the most like chortles out of me. Like I, yeah, you know, most of the time <laughs> like too. a joke happens and you kind of roll your eyes and you're like that was pretty good. But then like he would do something and like whatever it involved his mystery needle that he just always had on him. <laughs> they, they, they'd change it. Like they'd, they'd, he'd always have it, but he'd do something different with it. Sometimes he just drank straight from it. Like he would spray it into his yeah, mouth. Yeah, he just shoots it right into his mouth just because <laughs> yeah. he wants to see what it's like. Yeah. He actually says, I've never done it before and then just does it. And then he can't stop doing it. He's just always offering it to people <laughs> like to get it high with him. And it's, and Jack Ellum is, if you don't know what we're talking about, this guy was like, so Burt Reynolds and uh, Dom DeLuise decide to race in an ambulance because they, if they need to, they can just cut the sirens on and, and just blow through whatever. Um, and But they needed a doctor to like sell the illusion and Dom DeLuise characters to screw up and he went and got a doctor that was clearly a maniac and he looks like a maniac. He's got these eyes that point in complete opposite directions like to the outside left eye is totally misaligned yeah and he's just greasy (laughs) and he just seems drunk all the time and his hair is just like stringy and crazy looking and um and he just has a giant needle with him at all times so he's like (laughs) and he's his name is dr van helsing which is like uh you know clearly like they want him to be like a horror which is funny though they chose like van helsing is generally a good guy in these stories so it's funny that they got like yeah like, but Frankenstein, they probably were like, that's too obvious. Let's get like, let's go off the. Let's, <laughs> right, let's right. They have different. to bring in like a horror reference. Yeah. You know, for somebody. They had a good, uh, every time he shows up or at the very beginning. Yeah. Every time he appears, there's like this organ sting. Yeah. The kind of. That pushes the horror element of it. And like, you know, you can't help but react. He has a very, his look is very like alarming, you know? <laughs> and, and that's and he's used that to his advantage th- throughout his acting career. Like yeah. He's he's chosen a lot of really great roles and leaned into his kind of odd appearance. But um, yeah. I just ad- admire somebody like that who just totally runs with it, and they're willing to play characters that just they're they, they kind of they're, they're kind of easy. To, yeah. I feel like the same the same thing about like throw mama from the train. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that that, that kind lady? of thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like just just leaning heavily into you know, some of those, those oddities and just embracing it. And yeah, I think that's great. But uh, he, he definitely, uh, I got a lot of laughs from him. There was a lot of, uh, here's where the trouble starts. They, uh, so they also, in addition to a doctor, they need a patient so that because they turn the sirens on and somebody checks and there's nobody in there, they're in trouble. So they're like, we need a patient. And so they eventually kidnap Farrah Fawcett. (laughs) (laughs) she's like it's probably the most questionable thing that happens yeah in, in the film because there are some lines too but i'll let you keep keep going no we'll talk about those lines yeah she's uh she's kind of a ditz she's presented as a ditz and i always when i was watching it i was like is she 
it seems like she's pretending to be a ditz to sort of get a scoop or something like that. She seemed like she was investigating this like uh, yeah. weird political guy who was clearly driven by you know uh, he, he's the he's he eventually becomes the the antagonist of the cannonball run. He's like some kind of politician or public figure that wants to shut it down at all costs. And he's pretending to care about trees and stuff because Farrah Fawcett's a hippie and he wants to get in bed, whatever. But I, when I first saw her, I thought she was just met fucking with him, you know, like, cause he was so condescending and just like, so obviously like creeping on her, but she's just, no, she's just kind of largely clueless and innocent. And kind and of like, okay, kinda, with, yeah. okay with that. She seems a little bit aware of her own cluelessness, but that's yeah. even She's very go with, more more strange. Yeah, she's kind of go with the flow, and uh, but she yeah. is aware that she's been kidnapped. Like she's definitely like worried, uh, especially when she sees yeah. Jack Ellum, you know, with this giant needle, right? <laughs> and then and then he actually gets her with the needle. Yeah, and, like, she goes out. Under. Yeah, and that's she's scary. That's very scary know, because he's <laughs> he's all talking about like doing an examination, and it's like oh god. Oh yeah. So so then then like this weird moment happens where. She seemed, like you said, she's kind of go with the flow, right? Mm-hmm. She's very like, oh, and then Burt Reynolds takes a break and comes to talk to her. And he's like, hey, you doing okay? You know, just checking on you. And, you know, he, he seems like a, he's he's a bit of a rogue yeah. character, but he's he's also like, seems like a nice enough guy. And he you also know, sort of looks like Burt Reynolds. So it's like, right. Makes the things a lot. <laughs> he's, char- he's kind of charming, yeah. right? And he says to her, you know, she says, oh, I didn't. I didn't, I just didn't expect what's happening right now to be happening. And he says, well, what do you mean? And she's like, oh, I thought maybe I'd be gangbanged. Yeah. He's like, no, we're <laughs> not like gangbangers. Stra- stra- <laughs> yeah. And he actually says, oh no, we're not, we're racers, not yeah. rapists. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh shit. This is the languaging here. Yeah. She says, I expected to get yeah. gangbanged. And it was like, yeah. yeah and, and when she says it, she kind of says it in this kind of goofy way. Like, yeah. oh, I just thought I was going to be, but, but you don't get the sense that she didn't actually believe it like yeah no, no, this was an actual fear she had give, yeah yeah given these circumstances yeah uh, of what's happening it's it would be hard to trust but but then the movie does have a weird light touch where you could almost maybe yeah. maybe believe that she never thought that she would be right in danger yeah but then again she got put under by this, this crazy insane doctor. like a doctor yeah so that stuck not, a needle in her and you know the same yeah, needle has been like drinking there is like out a violation <laughs> Very it's much a so. weird. I, I do want to stop for a second and talk about Burt Reynolds' looks because I, I joked about it a second ago. But there's a thing that happened when uh, yeah. I was watching it the whole time. I was like, damn, he really looks like, you know, Pedro Pascal really has like a, obviously a Burt Reynolds thing going on. And then I was, I was watching on my computer and my girlfriend walked in and she saw Burt Reynolds on the screen. She goes, is that? And I was like, he looks like Pedro Pascal, right? She goes, yeah. Am I like into Burt Reynolds now? She goes, am I turning into my mom? I was like, I was like, it's cool. You're not into Burt Reynolds. You're just into oh, yeah. the fact that he kind of looks like Pedro Pascal. You're, I think you're safe. Like, sure. Yeah. You're not a woman of the 70s. He's a good looking man. Like there was a, uh, yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Which speaking of Burt Reynolds too, going off of that, I, I felt a weird uh, energy from him in the sequence where he, where he first meets Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. He's sitting at a table with her and they're talking. He's giving off what feels to me like a huge Bill Murray vibe from Ghostbusters. Right. Where he's right. just like this sort of cocky, like ultra arrogant, but sort of dim wittingly charming. And yeah. like he even gives off some of the same looks. He's I was kinda, wondering if maybe yeah. they, they have this weird vibe, like to, like the, the two of them are kind of going for the same thing in, in their approach to the, those male characters except except <laughs> you know, uh bill murray looks physically has more in common with jack ellen than he does with burt reynolds <laughs> burt reynolds is just i don't know he was uh oh, he's a handsome man well because you know we I, I think um as we got older he got older so that my view of burt reynolds was usually like the sort of parody version of him from uh uh, Norm Macdonald's character on on the Saturday Night Live Jeopardy, kind of like a yeah right a, a parody of himself, you know, at that point. But then you forget, like in the seventies and early eighties, like no dude, this dude was hot as shit. Like he was, <laughs> he he would he would take he could and would take your woman. Like that was just the Burt Reynolds way. Um, I just remember that. Did you ever see this? Is totally the tangent. But did you ever see that weird clip? Uh, I believe it was Jay Leno. And it was like Mark Summers, the host from Double Dare on Nickelodeon, and Burt Reynolds got into like a fight. Oh boy, 
you know, I think I have seen that. They like threw water on each other and then they just like escalated. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's sitting there. Oh, that was um. He he was um ranking on him about uh. Oh God, yeah. No, I saw that just recently. Yeah. I think. And I Burt think Reynolds that, looked like he was getting like visibly upset. Yeah. Well, then they started I, like throwing water at each other, and then I, it just broke into like a full on. I think what happened was, uh, you know, Mark's Burt Reynolds was the first guest, and then on these shows back in the day, the first guest would just stay and just be on the couch, and Mark yeah. Summers came out and was just talking to Jay Leno and sort of turned towards him, and Burt was just offended that he was getting Mark Summers back and said something about it. And then it just escalated to them, like throwing water on each other. And like, yeah, right. They started really, it's like, a funny clip. Yeah. We, I, I would recommend people cause it's so strange. It's one of, it's so strange that you think that it's, it has to be fake. Like, there's no way these two actually did this. This is so fucking awkward. Like this is right. And you just saw like that, that, that Burt Reynolds, you're like, Oh, he's probably a giant piece of shit. Like <laughs> you don't, you don't look like that and get as famous as that and not just be, just be the complete doo-doo man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I did love his movies Truth. back in the day. Like, I watched Smokey and the Bandit and, you know, yep. all the Cannonball Run movies. I didn't go back too further than that. I wasn't watching, like, you know, uh, Deliverance and, you know, all the crazy shit he was in. Yeah. But uh, who else we got here? Oh, we got Adrian <laughs> Barbeau and her Lamborghini, like, bombshell partner you know the two Lamborghini yeah babes. right Adrian Barbeau that was that was uh, their that was their whole thing was yeah. just like seduction seducing the police they're basically like yeah, yeah the police they would race them because they had game. they had an exotic you know that could always outpace the cops or they and they did fuck with them and the beginning had a great sequence where they like hid and pat and the cops passed them and then they just caught up to the cops and like passed them again like they're very, yeah. they're very great characters, and they had a pretty great payoff with that one too, which you could see coming a mile away. But it was still well done. Where they, just, they had a routine where every time the cop was walking up, they'd unzip their jumpsuits and pull out some cleavage, and then finally this cop walks up, and her cleavage is like better than theirs. And they're like <laughs> suddenly powerless against the, the cops. Yeah. You know, they have to, they finally have to face the music because they didn't get male cops, and it was like, uh, I feel like that bit has probably aged well. I feel like you could still pull that off today if you wanted to, to, you know, take another crack at Cannonball Run. You know, that's uh I thought they were going to flip it and have the female, you know, cop just also be into it. Right, right. No, they were you just know? like, hey. But they were just straight up like, no, your game has been. You're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've been foiled. Failed. <laughs> that, uh, um, Adrian Barbeau was great because she was in a lot of like uh, she was in a lot of John Carpenter movies. She was in The Fog, Escape from New York. She was in Creep Show, so she had like a sort of genre presence. So it was kind of I don't mm -hmm. really it was kind of it was kind of great to see her in this because it to me it just felt like maybe a little like punching up somewhat from like this these are like world international stars you know before that she was in like you know. Kurt Russell wasn't anybody when Escape from New York came out. You know, that was, he was a nobody at that time too. So she was kind of like getting her due a little bit. And right, right. She had an interesting look too. Like she wasn't like conventionally beautiful, but she was objectively beautiful. But she, I don't know. It's just, it's just a funny thing. You, you, I always enjoy when somebody like her could be like, could flex like as a badass, as a bombshell, <laughs> as a, you know, you very common if you google search her she's probably going to be holding a machine gun you know with her tits out like that's just sort of who she was in those movies and yeah. it was, it was and, always and owns it just completely owns it except know? in creep show where she was just like the absolute monstrous wife that was uh did you ever watch creep show the original uh do, yeah i think so uh, there was my, uh, my, my memory is a little hazy on that one do you remember the one about the creature in the box under the stairs in the university uh, negative oh man she was great in that but she was like um just a ball buster of a like cartoonishly bar ball bustery she would like embarrass her <laughs> husband at parties and she was just i don't know i like her a lot that's all i'm saying she's she's great <laughs> um i don't know who else we got like character wise there's a couple of other just kind of throwaway characters yeah a couple throwaway characters we had um robert i think it's pronounced tessier shows up later as a as a biker gang member. He's the guy in Star Crash who's green. Oh yeah yeah. He's like, we we did it. 
Dude, Peter Fonda was in charge of that biker gang too. That was like a <laughs> yeah, I know. Easy Rider it's, shows up as like probably yeah. the Easy Rider character. Like, I mean, the film is so aware of those yeah. things. Like that's it. It's it's satirical across the board, uh, in a in a really great way. Like it's yeah. they they kind of that's one of the things that kept me interested in the film is that dedication to the the zany satire. Yeah. And like they took that also to the soundtrack in a lot of ways. They had like a funny, they had a James Bond theme, but it was like not James Bond <laughs> yeah. theme. It was like a sound alike of a James yeah. Bond theme. And I'm sure that was for, uh, for right, you know, copyright reasons, yeah. but it was still funny that they did that. Yeah. And then every time the Sheik showed up, they had like a Lawrence of Arabia score, yeah. <laughs> which was just like, Totally ridiculous. The Subaru you know, they, drivers they, had like a an Asian sound that, that it played. Yeah, like that they, classic, <laughs> yeah. like that that super stereotypical, that like ding 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 ding, like yeah, that. just yeah. brutal, like brutal. Yeah. But but they took it across all like all of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody was satirized. Um, and and the thing that was kind of cool about it was that I never felt that anybody, even though the stereotypes were laid on heavy, I did feel that they were spread out pretty yeah, well yeah. between the characters and that they all got, kind of got a moment like Jackie Chan, for example, got this extended, like we can talk about the cl- sort of getting to the climax of the film, Yeah, but there's like this fight sequence where all hell breaks loose and all of the characters um, kind of come together to help just one of the racers. And they're all like sacrificing their own win yeah. to be like, we can't let one of the people who's racing in this thing get, get hurt or caught up or whatever. Yeah. So they all, they all go on this, this brawl, like everybody in the race sacrifices everything to just jump into the brawl and help that one contestant out. But then after everybody takes off, Jackie Chan has like this extended <laughs> fight yeah. bit where he sticks around and his partner's like, dude, why are you like still fighting? Like we gotta yeah. go. But they like gave that to Jackie Chan in, yeah. in a way that where you got to just understand that the director was completely, like he just knew kind of what to give everybody yeah and everybody kind of comes out like a winner in the film it's it's very it's a very innocuous <laughs> very uh you can tell it, it was made with a, a certain amount of like love and fun and just yeah. they they knew what what they were going for and just didn't want to like press the wrong buttons but they just did it yeah. enough well that's it's you know, funny it's interesting. Just, it's, it's cuz i you know i always come from a weird perspective where uh you know i grew up in a minority family for lack of a better word and there are people that are I do I do appreciate people that are protective and try to like look out for those that don't look like them but sometimes the overcorrection can be so so much that it actually turns the person you're trying to change off completely yeah right and sometimes there's people that actually do not understand that what they're saying is like hurtful or has aged poorly. And I've, this, this movie feels like that person, like this whole movie is like that kind of a person. They're just like, if you told them, they'd be like, Oh shit, dude, I had no idea. Like I, you know, we got, I love Jackie Chan. Like, obviously we love Jackie Chan. <laughs> right, right, we gave right. him a whole like set piece where he could showcase his, his incredible talents. Like we had, we, we meant nothing by this like horrible selection of music that we used to <laughs> as their theme, you know, like, so it right. does feel innocent in a way that can be, corrected not harmful in a way that's like though the clan made this and they are trying to bring down yeah of course black jews you know (laughs) like sammy davis jr (laughs) um there was a crack at his race at one point now i can't remember what it was and it was done in a way that was like uh i think maybe i know there was a standoff between dean martin and burt reynolds they were gonna like they were really gonna like at each other's throats and uh yeah Bert did. He said something, and I can't remember what it he was. He calls him like chocolate priest or something. <laughs> <laughs> was that Bro. it? I it hope was that's something it. That's like that. That's so fucking chocolate priest. Like that's. It so, was that's something. Too much. It was chocolate. Yeah. I don't remember what chocolate the, man or something. That, like that that hit yeah. me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh yeah. It's like Bert, you're the hero, bro. Like you can't be saying racist <laughs> shit. Like that's that's off limits. Yeah. That um, was uh. That definitely was like a moment. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and yeah. I mean the thing—the thing that's crazy about the Rat Pack is that they leaned into that like yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like they—they they leaned into Sammy Davis Jr. Be, like being like the black member of the group. Yeah, which is fascinating. But I mean, and they definitely took it far, too far. Like yeah. it was often, but but at the same time, they 
they were masters of making fun of all of themselves. And yeah, they had a weird dynamic and there's some great stories about, I don't know how true they are, but like of, um, when Sammy was first coming up and, um, they weren't going to allow him to perform at a certain place. And, um, Frank Sinatra heard about it was like, I'm fucking canceling all my bookings. And this kid's like the greatest I've ever seen. Are you kidding me? Like, that's like how he discovered him or something like that. But you know, things are always sensationalized a little bit to make people look as, like if I saw Frank Sinatra on the streets, I'm like, you know that motherfucker's racist. Like, look at those eyes. Like he looks like he's drunk right now. Like that's <laughs> Well, the way that and the way that Sammy Davis Jr. came back from that insult was to call Dom DeLuise fat. Oh basically, yeah. Rough. Which was Equally also kind of Yeah. Yeah. Like that was also just like, huh. Like but it wasn't quite the same type of, of diss either. Like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't on like an equal playing field, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It was, uh, it seemed like it was all in good fun, but it was all, yeah, at that same time, you're like, Bert, bro, you, there, that was the only line left to cross in this film, and you shouldn't have been the one to cross it. (laughs) Like, that's, (laughs) you should have left that for the villain or something, or the cops, you know, something like that. Yeah. There was was a pretty funny moment where, uh, Bert sells them out, you know, because they, they'd slashed his, uh, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. had slashed their tires already. So they were, they, it was already like, all right, we got to get him back. And, um, Bert tells the cops that there's a couple of fake priests running around and he, and the, these, the cops of this particular city were very troubling. Like they had a big sign that was just like, we shoot everybody. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was very much like pro gun, you know, like, yeah, we, we hate Russians, like all that shit, you know? And it was like, you're going to, you're going to sick these cops after Sammy Davis Jr. Like you want him to die, dude. That's what, that's horrible. Like you're, you're not looking, you're not coming out of this situation clean at all. <laughs> but that is another, like one of those, when I think about these movies and I think about what would you do if you made this today like that, you'd have to do something different with the cops. Like they just can't be used as this like, like comic foil in a way that's like that's an that interesting playful. question i i was then thinking the same thing i mean there's a good history of films with cops being you know shown to be these bumbling buffoons yeah like uh uh blues brothers is like just a great example oh, classic of like, yeah <clears throat> but uh but yeah i mean like dukes of hazard and stuff like that you know it, it totally i do i do wonder though what th- this film i was thinking about it today on my drive back uh you know what would a cannonball run remake yeah. Well, what would it even be like? You know, I think you would, I think you would, if you were probably going to try to do it the best you could, I think you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go too hard into the actual driving. You might give a little bit of love to mm-hmm. some of the sequences, the driving sequences, but you'd have to like really choose a cast of, of the right people yeah. that are hitting all the right, um, pop culture notes yeah. today. You know, like you'd have to assemble just the ultimate ensemble of, of like, and they've tried to do that, yeah. Um, you know, recently with films like they'll do ensemble films that are of this nature, but you'd really have to get it. You'd really have to fight for it. I think in a in a remake of Cannibal Run. And part of what it. works great in this one is there. Some of these characters are built around existing relationships. Like you got a Rat Pack team. Dom DeLuise and Burt yeah, Reynolds had right. like a like a dynamic before this these movies. Like right, they were just like teams. You know that like you. So it'd be like, how do you assemble a good team? Like. Uh, I think you absolutely bring Jackie Chan back like 1000%. Like they brought him oh, back in the sequel, to, yeah. but he, his partner's driving partner was like, uh, the dude that played jaws from, uh, James Bond. Movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Oh, that's was, weird. They kept Jackie and it was like a Mitsubishi <laughs> that time, but it was still like the, 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 the scary Asian, like techno car, you know, that yeah, yeah. could do whatever it needed to as the situation called for it. But yeah, bring Jackie Chan back. I do not know who would like take over the Burt Reynolds leading man role though. That would be that'd be the hardest one right there. Like, um, like a Channing Tatum or like who's that funny but attractive and and like can carry. I mean, I think it would just have to be like Pedro Pascal. It might be. I was thinking about that. Is it that simple? I mean, it would be just for the well, laughs, I mean, just for the just for the look. You'd be like, yes, it just make yeah, it no, exactly. It would just be funny, but also he's got great. I mean, he can he could pull off the 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 charming comedian. Yeah. Like he could kill that role. Yeah, you know? and just the so it wouldn't the, just be for the look. The, you he know, just has like, the right kind of vibe. And someone who could be like appropriately annoyed at a sidekick. You know that kind of so the sidekick that'd be who's the Dom DeLuise of uh, 
of today. Or like maybe the type of thing they would do today is they would have um, Pedro Pascal play a character, but he'd have like Baby Yoda with him. Right. <laughs> they absolutely would do that. Yeah. Because like why why wouldn't you yeah. just own that? But maybe it's some kind of weird version of him. He's like, just like I have a little green alien some... friend. Like I don't. Yeah, he's got like a. <laughs> that's just that's just my thing. Like I always have a little green yeah a little buddy. I'm always on an escort mission, you know, because you got the Last of Us too. He's. Um, I want to talk about Dom DeLuise's Captain Chaos for a second. We talked about that fight. Yes, let's let's do it. So let's do it. This is like a. You ever watch Doom Patrol or like see the comic or anything like that? Uh, no. Doom Patrol was like the X Men. I'm not sure if it predates the X Men, but it's very similar. There's like a guy in a wheelchair who's a millionaire who like collects mutants, and but it's darker. It's like everyone's fucked up and you know but there's a character that has multiple personalities and each one can produce a very real superpower depending on what personality you tap into and Captain Chaos is like got that Captain Chaos is like observably superhuman <laughs> in terms of like strength <laughs> and and like yeah. and and damage resistance like it's uh yeah like there isn't just a pent up uh power inside him yeah. like he has an actual <laughs> strength that's beyond human. Yeah, because when he fights that biker gang, he's like throwing them over sheds and things like that. There, he's yeah, definitely de- demonstrating some alarming potential. <laughs> you know, and, well, they they did a gag with him that I thought was so funny, and this is, I guess, a spoiler. Oh, these are all spoilers, right? Yeah. But if you want to see the movie, and there's like a, a psych gag at the end that's pretty funny, even as a kid, which I had, I haven't seen Cannonball Run in, in many, many, many years. So this was sort of like. A, up seeing it again for the first time in so long was kind of like seeing it for the first time. Yeah. But there was a sight gag that they did. That's a tight, it's a type of sight gag where something impossible happens on screen. And it's, it's usually the result of um, an edit, right? So uh, one of my favorite examples of it is in the tick with uh, Warburton. Yeah. There, there's a shot where he he takes a two liter bottle of like orange soda, and it's like a fresh bottle of orange soda, and he just start, he just like tips up, and he's just like going for it, yeah. And then it cut it cuts to Arthur for like one second, who's like, oh man, what do you? Do? And then when it cuts back to Warburton, he's like done with the the, the two liter bottle. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ah, oh, you know, yeah. It's like um, it's like impossible, something impossible happening via an edit, and that happens with Dom DeLuise's character, like he's. He's like dejected, and uh, Burt Reynolds has like told him to like he he lost the race for them, and even though he like has saved this woman's dog, like he yeah. sacrifices winning the race by saving a dog and jumping into like this like lake or something, like a bay, yeah, like a bay, and then um you know Burt Reynolds is it's this sort of uh, moment where everybody in the cast is like assembled around Dom DeLuise, it's all focused on him, and Burt Reynolds like pushing him around, and he's like you lost the race for us, he like pulls off his mask. And then Dom DeLuise is like, well, that's okay because I always wanted to be, and he like dips out of the screen and he just comes back up and he's like wearing a whole new costume. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a great moment. Like it's just because it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's no, like there are a lot of things that are impossible that happen in the film, but none of them are treated with that level of strict impossibility. Right. <laughs> like, because like of his, he didn't uh... just, he didn't just instantly change into so, so there this, is like it was magic. A, it was like it was like magic. Yeah, magic. it's like magical. Yeah. yeah, and and it's kind of it plays into that that superhero bit of of weirdness. Was he just Captain America? Did he come up and just straight up be like, just I'm Captain, Captain America, America. Yeah. Captain USA, Captain USA? Yeah, that's he's just Captain. Yeah. He's like, that's okay because I always wanted to be Captain USA, and like, and then, and then everybody just is happy with that. That's yeah. a happy ending. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a classic end uh, that era appropriate. <laughs> sort of ending with everyone just like laughs on a, and onto a freeze frame together. Like the whole <laughs> cast is just, just belly laughing at this moment that yeah. apparently truly was the, hilarious. Cause it was part of the outtakes. Like they were all fucking around. Yeah. And, like, they're all dying. dying at that point, they're making both, they're like laugh. slapping each other. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps, Dude, he's like, please don't slap abuse? me again. And they were just like, he'd slap the shit out of him again. And he's just like, I was like, is this real fear from Dom DeLuise? Does Burt Reynolds actually abuse him in real life like a fucking puppy? I, I felt like, like that's what was going on. Yeah. It's crazy. They had a thing they together. They have just been that nuts. That, I remember Saturday Night Live even parodied these two. There was like a version of Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise on a, just on a talk show, and they were just laughing so much, they, they everyone started peeing themselves. And it was like, that's just what their dynamic was all the time, apparently. And it was... 
they just couldn't stop making each other laugh. And it like sometimes pissed uh, Burt Reynolds off. <laughs> he He's like, I don't know if he just didn't like losing control or something like that, but it was. <laughs> what a classic man. That's you just, you slap so your good. Slap your, the source I, of your problems. I gotta say, Dom DeLuise is the is the MVP. Oh if yeah. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna point to a character, he completely just steals the show yeah. in this film. You know, and oh, and they yeah. kind of know it. Like, there's a scene where he he disappears and there's all this stuff going on. He comes running out of this like grocery store, and he's got like ch- these two giant bags of groceries. Yeah. And he's like, uh, what did he say? He's like, Burt, Burt Reynolds is like, what what the hell is that? And he's like, it's a lot of goodies for you and a. Big gulp, Dr. Pepper for me. <laughs> and he starts singing the Dr. Pepper song. Yeah. And Burt Reynolds is just like not having it. He's like, get in the fucking car. <laughs> like, Dude. It's just, but his his comic timing and his, uh, man, Dom DeLuise, I just feel like I'd love to just hang out with that guy. Yeah, he was, uh, he showed up in like, I, uh, didn't he show up in like Scooby-Doo all the time too? Like there'd be like a cartoon version of him. And that was Jonathan Winters. Yeah. So I, was, I was like, maybe, maybe Dom DeLuise did though. Yeah, I'm not sure. He showed up in like, uh, what was it Haunted Honeymoon? That was the name of the movie. That movie was Gene Wilder. Like, I loved that movie as a kid, but now I look, I look back on it now and just like online, and people are like, "This is one of the worst movies ever made." I was like, "Is it though?" I fucking loved that movie when I was a kid, and it was just, uh, oh, he was Pizza the Hut in Spaceballs. That's right. Oh, of course. Yeah, that was. Big Dom DeLuise energy right there. <laughs> Pizza the Hut. <laughs> I'm just trying to look at his uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah. Oh yeah, Don Giovanni. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah he's great. I think I'm definitely gonna watch Cannonball Run too at some point. I always I watched well, we that should... one more as a kid than I did the first one. Just wasn't on as much. You know, it was. Uh... Yeah, maybe we should do a follow up with Cannonball Run two and see where see where that lands. Well, yeah, we absolutely should. I just realized when you said that they all got in a fight to save another guy, it was that weird rich guy that they were trying to save. It was the, there was a character that they barely did anything yeah. with, but he was like this, this ultra successful, like thrill seeking entrepreneur who was just doing it because you know he's a rich guy and you just. I think his whole goal was to do a wheelie on a motorcycle th- through the entire race, and uh, but he had right. someone dressed as a woman on the back. There's supposed to be like a just got married couple or something like that. Yeah, I don't even think they really explained what what was they, going on. They there. didn't. Like, I don't know what the. I, I I would have to watch it again. I totally missed the whole bit where like one of them's in drag. But yeah, it's the biker yeah. gang sees him and just wants to kick his ass because he's on a motorcycle and they're a motorcycle gang and he's not welcome there. I would just, at this at this point I'd be like absolutely let that rich bastard get his ass kicked fuck him like he's, he doesn't need this money like he's trying to win a race he's trying to take that money out from your pocket you'd probably have to replace him with like an Elon Musk parody if you made this movie today like, I was would... gonna say you could actually like he could be in, in a in a Cannibal Run remake yeah I feel like absolutely you know, just as himself yeah he'd have to be in some kind of electric vehicle yeah some <laughs> stupid fucking you know like, that looks like a shoe some or kind something of robotic like that. maybe maybe it's like a transformer or something yeah you'd, you'd you have know, to give but, him the 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 japanese car the one that could do anything you'd have to make right, that you'd right. have to combine those characters so you could get rid of the ugly asian stereotypes and uh um just shit on a rich entrepreneur <laughs> you know, one thing speak- I, go ahead what were you gonna say no, you, no, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, one thing I'd be worried about with the remake is that, like, I, is that uh, they would take it too seriously because they did that with Death Race. You know, Death Race was mm. a comedy, like, through and through. It was, like, a satire, but it was, and it was violent, but it was a comedy for the most part. Yeah. Um, and then they did, they remade it, and it was, like, ultra serious, like, dark, gritty, like, not a single color was, it was just all gunmetal gray. Like that was it. The whole movie was just like, just that color. And it was, I enjoyed it. It was still like an, an entertaining movie, but it wasn't a good death race remake, you know? And I was, I'd be worried yeah. they'd do something like that. They'd tr- maybe, t- maybe make it too overproduced or too sexy or too serious or just, you know, too cool. And it's gotta be a, just a yeah, little bit of all those things, you know? You couldn't go too cool. Like no. you wouldn't, you'd have to avoid that. Like the, the plague. That's yeah. not what, a film the film could be about it would have to be a celebration of like the pop culture characters like yeah. i mean when you think about the plot there is no none there is no plot yeah. really it's just 
hanging out with these different teams and enjoying their <clears throat> camaraderie. Yeah. And it's just so good natured and wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, and there, uh, Hal Needham, um, the, the director, you said he was a stunt yeah, guy. Yeah, I think. Yeah, let me look him up again real quick. It's. I feel like his background because, was uh, stunt stunt work. Highest paid so, stuntman in the world. He's broken fifty six bones, his back twice, punctured a lung, and knocked out a few teeth. Man. Yeah, he, he's uh, forty five hundred television episodes, three hundred and ten feature films as a stuntman, stunt coordinator. He, you can tell that somebody had a sense of what was going on. There was one scene that that cracked me up. At the very end, you've got this classic, like the whole group is running to the finish line. So yeah. like basically all the cars are almost to the, to the end of the race and then they all get blocked. So it becomes a foot race, right? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so everybody gets out of their cars. They're all running down the street and Burt Reynolds somehow like dives onto the entire group of people yeah. running and tackles them all at the same time. <laughs> And it's like a real shot because yeah. it's just stunt people. Yeah. <laughs> like there was no like CG there. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. obviously it's just really him tackling a huge group of people. And it looks brutal. Like yeah. they all like hit the ground. They're all like slamming on top of each other. <laughs> it's kind of an incredible stunt. It's like one of those stunts where you just go, wow, how did they like people got hurt? There, yeah. They might've just thrown a real Burt Reynolds at that group of people. Like he's, he didn't look like a small man. I think he was a pretty big dude. I, <laughs> I, I have to wonder like how they, how they pulled that off. And yeah. it, it just, but it makes sense that he was a stunt, a stunt guy Yeah, because there were a lot of sort of good psych gags that, that were sort of stunt related in this, like the way that people are jumping in out of their cars, like the way that, um, you know, cars are just get, taking a beating over the course yeah. of the thing. Like a lot of good, like stunt driving. Yeah. There were some good, there were some good parts where like the ambulance is like weaving in and out of the cars at the end, like yeah. on and off the road. And it just was the kind of thing where like you would never try that today. You would just do it all with like CG. Yeah, you know? exactly. <clears throat> Which is fine. It's a bummer. But, uh, yeah, I guess is, I mean, it's, it is, wasteful to just wreck cars but you know it's it's still something awesome about it i was never like a big car chase scene guy either there's like a few yeah uh, exceptions but for the most part when a car chase starts to happen I, I i generally start to tune out but like this movie all the car shit was fun you know it was always wacky and, yeah you know interesting and uh i feel like all these it just reminded me of a matchbox set you know when you like you had like matchbox yeah, totally. cars back in the day it was just a mishmash of crap like you'd have an ambulance you'd have a, a, a race like a ferrari you'd have a a, uh, like a drag racer, you know? So just the movie kind of felt like that too, like a kid's toy box. Uh, right, with right. With all these crazy cartoon characters driving them. So it was like, <laughs> and the second one was just even more of that. You know, you got like Tony Danza and a limo being driven by a chimpanzee. Like it was just, <laughs> they doubled, they tripled <laughs> oh, down no. on everything. Yeah. I oh, think Danny DeVito okay. was in it. Like it was, uh, wow. It was I don't remember shit. Cannonball Run 2 at all. In they, fact, there's a good chance I haven't seen it. They got more of the Rat Pack in there too. I think Fra I think Frankie Blue Eyes shows up. You know, no way. Yeah, yeah. Like a mob <laughs> boss the cast. Yeah, it's let's look at just look up Hal Needham. He probably directed both. Yep, he did. Only five stars on IMDb. These people are fucking crazy. <laughs> this thumbnail, oh, of, okay. this thumbnail of, of Burt Reynolds on the trailer is just hilarious. He just looks so. <laughs> greasy and just, just untrustworthy. Oh, right. You got, had they got back Shirley MacLaine. The yeah, oh, they Telly got Jack Ellum is back. Oh yeah. That's he's funny. back. He's going, he's with the Sheik. I think, I think the Sheik hires him as his personal doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. There's uh Richard Keel, uh, uh, Jaws. He's uh Jackie Chan's co-pilot. Oh yeah. There he is. Frank Sinatra. Yeah. He's in it. Tim Conway. Man. Shirley MacLaine as like a, as a one. fake nun was pretty great. Like I, <laughs> she was she she stirred up some some feelings, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's let's add this to the. We'll have to do this it. To yeah, list. this is just just for just even just to watch it would be great. Oh my God, Ralph Bakshi is credited as a director for an animation sequence. That might have been the beginning. Oh. If, if I had to guess, it was probably the intro. They probably did a full animated uh, title, okay. title sequence. If that that seems like it would make the most sense. Yeah. I don't think they all like cut into like a, just a weird segue animated piece, you know, midway through the film. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. You know, 
animation director. He's yeah. uncredited, uncredited? In the film, though. Oh, he's just like, he's like, I, you, know, you don't need to put my name on this. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's like, ah, whatever. Yeah, Hal. Yeah, the, he's like, I'm going to be focusing on wizards. Yeah. There he is, Tony Danza. Yeah, Tony Danza drives a chip. It's like their bit is that they're, it's a stretch limousine and the driver's seat is outside of, it's like exposed. It's like with no roof and there's a chimp in there and they're supposed to think the chimp is driving, but like Tony Danza's is really in the back driving it like for real. <laughs> I don't know why they thought they had to do that, but it's like, this is our bit, you know, this people are going to think this chimp is driving this limo. Like it's, I don't yeah. think they're like, it was too crazy to be pulled over or what their plan was, but is real is a lot of fun. Yeah, we're yeah, dude. This is we're doing this. We're definitely <laughs> All right, watching yeah, this. <laughs> yep. That can be our follow up, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about this movie. It was a lot of fun. Uh I'm pretty sure you could make it today with with very few changes. I don't know. But it's just the casting would just be the trickiest part. Like who do you Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I agree. It was really fun and uh I think it actually holds up pretty well as in terms of madcap zany yeah. uh, film that's that's so pretty madcap. Yeah, completely absolutely madcap. <laughs> what was that what was this rated now? Is it rated PG? Ah, oh, this is got I don't think PG thirteen even existed when this movie came out. Let's see. Okay, P- PG would, would fit. Although with some films it's like even weirder. Like yeah. it's like rated G. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like who who knows? Yeah, you know? PG. I think PG thirteen. Let me I, that's actually interesting. When did uh when did PG thirteen start? Uh oops. Cannonball Run. Nineteen eighty four. So yeah, this predated. Okay, PG-13. so this predated. Yeah. Yeah. Cannonball Run two was P- nineteen eighty five though. I wonder if that got a uh, a PG thirteen because there's some like cheekiness to it that's like, no, it's PG. They they snuck it in there. Interesting. I never, you know, as a kid, you became very familiar with your sources of like quality, brief nudity, and, and you know. <laughs> sexiness like yeah. that and so I don't remember Cannonball Run 2 being a source for any of that I watched it just for the madness you know not the yeah. I mean yeah there was like the sexy Lamborghini babes and stuff but it wasn't like that was barely the focus you know? yeah right Cannonball Run 2 oh there's the chimp I'm watching the trailer now I think it's the guy with the speech impediment teamed up with Tony Danza I think oh is he is he back too? I think he's back yeah but you know how these movies are. Maybe he's a different character. Like it may, it's not. Maybe it's not supposed to be the same guy. <laughs> right. They'll do that all right. the time in movies. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You guys should all just watch Cannonball Run. Yeah, do it. Add it to your list. 